This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close, you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls because I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I'll have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today. I'm KC. And I'm Tyler. And you're listening to The Elephant Podcast. Rage, rage, rage! What is going on, y'all? As you realize, this is the Rage Podcast of The Elephant Podcast. (laughs) This podcast is brought to you by First Light Gear. I got on some first lot britches right now because I'm wearing some trace because we're in Texas and that's all we wear is trace, right, Tyler? Apparently. Uh, <laughs> actually, we wear a lot more than that, but man, about near any day here in the middle of the day is trace weather outside. It's weird. Could be. Could it's be. Weird. I like these pants a lot, though. But um, anyways, uh, it is, what, early January. And it got to like 60-something today, probably, outside. We got the door open on the house. Tyler's yawning like it's afternoon nap time. And it just feels About good. time for sleep. I guarantee you. I'm tired. But um, I've been finding a headache the last couple hours. But um, Probably because we get on these rabbit trails yeah. trying to figure out. We got like some really cool ideas, y'all, stuff we want to do for videos. But there's a lot of research involved and like texts and phone calls to be seen sent and to try to be received and it uh by the end of the day you end up just like beat because people don't actually want to answer their call phone calls and especially if they work for the government Mm -hmm. and um 
you know, it's hard to get in touch with people to see what you can do, how you can do it, if you can get a permit for it, all this other stuff. So, but here's it's the, frustrating. This is how they work. They're like, uh, it's gonna, we're gonna make it hard, and we're, it's gonna be like hard to figure out. But you know what? If you go down there and do it wrong, we're gonna find you. Mm-hmm. That's how. That's how they roll. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast and I just called you because you're a game warden, call me back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't but get I mean, an answer today. I called TPWD. Because that? uh, that's Texas Parks and Wildlife Department. Oh, I thought that was um, Texas Public Wasting Disease. That's the same. Uh, <laughs> we uh, <laughs> Same department, same building. Um, CWD, yeah. TPWD, they, same, um, same building. Uh, they they love to regulate us uh, because regulator we're just so regular, you know. So we're regulated. Um, but here in our county, this is this is a Texas sad story for regulation. If you want to hear it, we have essentially three deer seasons. We have a archery season, we have a general season, and we have a muzzleloader season. And then within there, there are tiny seasons sprinkled in, like. Uh, Youth season, which overlaps some of those seasons, and uh, gun season is general season, but you can also use a bow there or a muzzleloader or a crossbow if you would like to. You can use a crossbow during archery season, and youth can hunt at other times too, and then there's a youth season that's going on during the muzzleloader season, but the youth can use whatever weapon they would like to. However, in the muzzleloader season, which occurs on the 8th through the 21st of January in our county, you can only use a muzzleloader, which is a device that is loaded by everything through the muzzle um, that does not include ball and cap Guns like a old school revolver. You can't even use that. It has to be a muzzleloader. Um, so that's fun. There's this thing called a lesser weapon. Some, yeah. Some people would, some government agencies would designate that a lesser weapon could hunt during X season. Yeah. Um, kind of sounds like they're trying to sell is that, something. Is that, is that entail? Uh, is that what's entailed in the Texas muzzleloader season? No, it does not qualify. There's no, no lesser. So there's weapon. only one thing you can do, and it's, it's only muzzleloader hunt. Not black powder, but muzzleloader. Yeah, muzzleloader. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. It's not a black powder season. It's a muzzleloader season. So, so uh, what's you the have point to, of that? Have to own a muzzleloader to hunt that season and extend your deer season. What if you don't own one but you borrow one? You can do that. Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> What, uh, Which might be what you're doing. What Sydney. is the reason <laughs> that they would do this thing? Well, I'll bet you that someone at Thompson Center or someone at night knows somebody at Texas Parks and Wildlife. I think. Yeah, just a guess. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be in the books, and I'm going to go by what the book says, right? But the, really? the idea is that... So no, like, civil disobedience from no, you? No, not usually. Not if it's going to involve a fine. I'm pretty sure you uh, got on Clay's podcast and talked about how you wanted to be a civil disability guy. Yeah, well, one of these days I might have to be. <laughs> um, but for now, uh, I've inherited a muzzleloader, which is nice. It's not a nice muzzleloader. It's kind of one of the cheap ones, but it works just fine, whatever. Uh, it ain't one of those... Uh, muzzleloaders you can go out west and shoot 600 yards with during the muzzleloader season in some states, which is kind of ridiculous. It's kind of like crossbows and archery season. But uh, anyways, I don't want to make y'all mad, uh, but I did. Um, mm. You have to use only a muzzleloader, which sounds like they're just trying to sell muzzleloaders to me personally, but maybe somebody can prove me wrong. <clears throat> All that to say, I'm trying to take this friend of mine hunting. His name's Hunter. He's uh, 18 years old. 
and uh, he was in my youth group. And Hunter's a good, good guy. And um, within the Texas seasons as well, there are only certain days you can kill does because of biological data, I think. Like, it, it biologically, it shows that it, you shouldn't kill does in late November or the month of December, right? I mean, which biological I? report are you talking <laughs> <Yeah>. about? <laughs> I'm speaking facetiously. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really no reason for that, except that's just the way they have it. Um, that you can kill does in all of archery season, the first two weeks of uh, general season, and then a month and a half gap happens where you can't kill does, and then again in muzzleloader season, you can kill does. Uh, on my property, where we're going to go hunt with a muzzleloader, because that's where it's legal, um, there are no legal bucks. There are no bucks that are 13 inches wide on my property and have not been for quite some time. There also are no spikes on camera that I have seen. Um, so those would be the two legal bucks. There's unbranched antler or a buck that has a inside spread of 13 inches or greater. Neither of those things exist on my property. Therefore, for my friend Hunter to have a hunt that includes opportunity he needs to go out there with me during muzzleloader season so he can shoot a doe and he will be able to do that i think the they are there every day of the week um eating my corn and we're gonna have a good time shooting one with a muzzleloader from about 45 yards away um now in here is the problem hunter through his high school outdoor education program did all it took to have a hunter's uh, safety certificate. Um, However, he says that the teacher didn't really turn in all the stuff, which uh, I don't really know how all that works. Um, But essentially, he took the class, took the test, passed it, but is not hunter safety certified in the state of Texas. Uh, which I think that's actually a nationally recognized thing, right? So, like, you get hunter safety certified in your state, and then it's it's valid across state lines. Uh, but Hunter now has to purchase a one-year deferral on his hunter safety uh, certificate that allows him to accompany me in the woods because I am hunter safety certified, but he is not. He's an 18-year-old young man who knows nothing about hunting. His family does not hunt, but he's interested in hunting, and I'm going to try my best to facilitate that and foster that, and, and you know, hopefully he teaches his family and, and kids one day to hunt as well. Why? Um, because I like hunting, and I want more people to hunt. I yeah. don't want it to go away. Really? Um, so yeah. you don't agree with people who want less hunters in the woods? Mm, I, I don't agree with people that want less hunters in the woods. I do agree with people that want less hunters in the woods per acre. Yeah, so you want more acres for yeah, people let's, to hunt. Yeah, let's add acres and, and not <clears throat> reduce numbers. How do we do that? Um, we're going to have to lease some ground. That's what we're going to have to do. Um, the government? No. Who? governments. Me and you. Oh, you want us to lease yeah. ground, I mean, you lease ground so that people can hunt it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you can hunt it and take our friends. Oh, so we're yeah. we're not crowding up the public lands. But the problem with this whole deal is that, you know, really what I want to do, Tyler, is that I don't, I don't really want the government to go out and uh, assess new properties. Like, that's kind of growing government, and I'm not a fan of that. But what I want the government to do is to just dead blame make the properties that they already are holding in trust for us available to us. Yeah. That's a big problem. That I could think. help. I mean, sure. I would, I would, I don't know the exact figures, but it's at least 
three to one uh, ratio of land that you cannot white tail hunt versus land you can white tail hunt that the government has in public trust. But either way, the whole issue that we are uh, kind of trying to tackle right here is that my friend Hunter uh, wants to hunt. And because um, some circumstance, he doesn't have his hunter safety course, he has one year of probationary period that he can hunt without that. And then in perpetuity, he is no longer allowed to hunt in the state of Texas after this one year deferral um, until he gets his hunter safety course done. And he's not going to listen to this podcast. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, Tyler, that I doubt he does it. Um, yeah. I doubt that he follows up and makes that happen. Now, there's a part of me that appreciates the side of hunter's safety and all that. But again, it's still just a regulation. It's us being regulated out of a thing. And so, um, how do you fix that? Can I not, is, can they not add some mentor program to where like I sign off on him and say, this guy's good. Why, you know, like why does the government have to tell him he can hunt? Um, well, I don't understand. I don't know for sure because like if I was just being, Real, like, surface level and just off the cuff here. Like, on private land, there's not probably just... I mean, like, there's there's things that he could do to injure others, but it's a lot less chance that he, he injures somebody on private while hunting than, than on public as far as, like, knowing how to point a gun in the right direction or whatever. There are some things in the hunter safety course or there were when I took it, that had to do with identification of animals. So I guess you could say that he's hurting other hunters if he shoots a mule deer when he's supposed to shoot a whitetail. So, <laughs> you know, like he's he's taking a mule deer off the landscape mm-hmm. that somebody else could shoot. It's not like a physical harm. It's just like a hurting their chances at, you know, going out and achieving their goals on their properties or whatever. So, I mean, there's some things like that. Um I have, those are all great arguments. Like, I I mean, of course I have an anti-governmental view of things, right? But, um, so instead of just raging on that, I would say that that your argument holds up except for the fact that if Hunter wants to go out right now without a hunting license, without a hunter safety course with a high capacity semi-automatic rifle at night in the dark, he can shoot 1 million hogs tonight if he wants to without a hunter safety course. How about that? How about that? Doesn't even have to have a license. Doesn't have to have a license. Huh. Yeah, so, that's interesting. Um, yep. Don't like politics. You like pigs? I do. Good. Yep. You're talking about pigs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we did some pigging the other day. We did. We pigged. <laughs> we pigged for a few days. Um, pigging and grinning. Yeah. Y'all, uh, y- if you listened to the last podcast, you heard my, my granddad passed away, and that was, uh, it was tough. It's not really sad. Um, it was time, but it's still tough to deal with. But within all that, we also had to get a video out. Um, and that meant do some pig hunting and it actually kind of helped me. I feel like kind of nice yeah. to get out and do, do the thing. Just love, you and me too. It's pretty fun. Yeah. You know, to deal with nobody like stinks. Kids around we all anything. smell, both of us <laughs> smell like just neutral, right? <laughs> Not even good, but just neutral, neutral humans. <laughs> yeah. No, no. hand holding. Dude, it's all, this time of year is so nice. Like, 
people in some of these humans that hang out with us a bunch, um, you know, they talk about how hot it is and whatever. And it is like, it's hot in the, in the summer around here. But the thing that you get here right now is like, dude, it's sunny still and 55, 60 degrees. I mean, it is beautiful. Like anything you want to do outside is, I mean, this is the time to do it. And it's just like this a lot right now. I was like, just to go out this time of year, man, and walk around in the woods is just one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. I would like, I think I'd rather walk around in the woods in January than any other month, probably. Even though like November's fun, there's sign and stuff, but like just like a good, a good just 60 degree day in January is just hard to beat, man. You know, mm-hmm. everything's just, you know, all the leaves are off the, you know, it's sunny still and you can hear, you know, things walking around, there's squirrels moving around. There's some kind of like less, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day that you and I both are friends with. We we're talking about how like deer hunting is just so stressful sometimes. Like it's just the big game aspect, the the fact that like they're they're highly valued by the public so it costs a lot to hunt them sometimes so you put a lot into this property money wise with especially add corn and whatever else you know i mean for those that don't do that food plots or whatever like this stuff can get pretty expensive and then you go up there and you got like a two-week rut window sometimes or whatever it's Mm -hmm. just like you know i don't I don't quite probably stress like I used to or even the same way, but like quite as much as I used to. But like when I had like one big buck to shoot a year, maybe it was like, holy, this is the Super Bowl. It's exciting, but it's also really like if I don't get it done, it's like I got to find time between work schedule to go back up there and do this thing, you know. And it's just nice to like walk around in January with a shotgun and hope that either a squirrel busts out of a tree or a wood duck pops off the creek, you know, and you have the right uh, government regulated <laughs> shot in your, <laughs> in your shotgun. And the appropriate number of <clears throat> shots in your tube and all that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Yep. And blaze if the squirrel and not blaze if the waterfowl, you know. How many ducks can you shoot in a day? <laughs> six? I can shoot a bunch. <laughs> I mean, I could. Is it is six the number? Six, I think, is the limit right now. Yeah. It's but you're only allowed to have five shells in your gun. Three, Three for gu- for ducks. Yep. Because it would just be. So if you're a good shot, you'd probably get them all in one. It'd be way worse for you if you, you know, for the ducks, if we were allowed to shoot all five. Oh, for five sure, dude. Right? I mean. They would for sure get that fourth and fifth <laughs> shot off. It'd be worth it for sure. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised that there's not an ammo companies out there just just uh, pushing to get rid of that one because those fourth and fifth shots would be bad. I think they're just glad to exist right now. <laughs> ammo companies? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, thank you, feds, for letting us exist. Yeah. Uh, mm. Anyway, so we were talking about pig hunting. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but, I mean, pigs is part of that too. Like, yeah. I mean, I could grab a shotgun and I could take steel shot, uh, some lead number eights and some lead buckshot and go have a good time in the woods right now, you know, with pigs and squirrels and all that. Yeah. So. Or bows. I mean, that's one of the things we're going to yeah. do a lot of here pretty soon, but we did some gun hunting the other day. Um, you really wanted some hog meat and we, we 
made made that happen. We got a lot. We got of a this. lot. <laughs> yeah, we went to, from like a nearly empty freezer to like a completely yeah. full freezer. What is it's the opposite of bearing the lead, right? Isn't that what that's called? Whenever you like, you don't give it away, right? You kind of tease it, but uh, if you like. I don't know if from. I've ever heard that expression. It's a, like a newspaper expression. Oh, I'm that's why. Mixed up. Well, oh, this, yeah, this <laughs> thing used to exist. No kidding, dude. The uh, the paper, there used to be a big newspaper building in Silver Springs, and it's like moved to this little bitty office now. Does it still exist? I don't even know if they print it. I don't know for sure. I bet they do, but golly, man. It's like, you know, it used to be a paper every day, and the big one was Wednesday and weekend. Will it ever go away? Mm, maybe. Yeah. It'll all go away one day. You think? Yeah. You think you'll be seven years old wanting to just look at your phone? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know if it's going to that fast or not. Um, but, uh, man, I'm like at a at a pivot point in my life where, like, I think I'm maxed out on phone. Like, I'm, I'm ready to do less phone. Um, for sure. I didn't look at my phone hardly at all on the stand this year. Yeah. I, mean, I did some. At all, hardly. But it's... It's like it's so numbing. Yeah, like I just get tired of it. Because sooner or later you realize that Facebook, especially, but all of them, especially Instagram too, man, it's the same stuff over and over again. So like, there's nothing really new. Especially like, this is weird, but like once you're married, you're like, I don't care about that. Dude, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, Instagram is. And probably all of them It's yeah. an attack on males For mm-hmm. sure Young males Like Dude We get so many Spam messages In our inbox Dude I was noticing that On the like Message requests Yeah It's like A bunch of German Spam bots Or Russian bots Yep Of just Like you know Just uh, I don't know If you get edited for that But it's like Theography um, mm-hmm. You know Just coming after you and Yeah It's like It is dude good. It's like it's just they know that 20 to 30-year-old or 20 to 40-year-old males are just wound up, man, you know? I think even 70-year-olds are that way. They just don't have quite the gumption, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. It's just, I mean, it's we're, a, just, we're visual yeah. uh, beings, but, like, it's uh, it's an attack, man. I hate it. And yeah. um, I'm, not, I'm not looking forward to... Uh, you know, my son having to live through that kind of stuff. I know, man. That's something that I, so I have an old boss that really means a lot to me. He taught me a lot of stuff about business and the world and all kinds of stuff. Um, but, uh, that was one of his big things cause he could see it coming. You know, mm-hmm. this was like 2011 through 2013. He was like, man, it's no longer like whenever we were kids, like, you might find a dirty mag or something somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, we're just going to come out and talk about what we're talking about here, guys. Um, and it was different. And now it's like, not, not every, back then, not every kid was exposed to it early, mm-hmm. but now it's like, and there's statistics on this stuff, but like kids are expo- exposed to, you know, racy stuff very, very early. Yeah. Um, and it's, he said that you, he had to start or his change was that, it was, what are you going to do whenever you see it? Instead of, like, trying to tell your kids to stay away from it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, what are you... Oh, for sure. What's your reaction? That's, I mean, be? that's the way to look at it, too, man, mm-hmm. I think. Because, uh, I mean, I know, I know some people who were, like, quote-unquote sheltered mm-hmm. as kids and went off the daggum deep end at some point in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And, you know, end up, probably a lot of them, 
end up being really good people, man, and get through that. But, um, like, you can't just ignore it, dude. Yeah. I mean, Jesus did not come to this earth and ignore sin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he confronted it and dealt with it. And that's what we're supposed to do, too. And we're supposed to teach our kids that, too. Because there's no way they go through life without encountering quite a bit of sin Mm -hmm. in this world. And so, you know, you can try to... I mean, I try try to keep keep stuff from, you know, but like... There's a difference in protecting innocence and sheltering. Yeah. Yeah. And, And there's, you know, like... There's always like family stuff, you know, like where, and everybody has it where there's something in your family that you're like, man, I really don't want my kids to be asking mm-hmm. questions about that. Cause <laughs> I don't want to have to talk about it right now. Cause it's, yeah. it's really like your kids kind of surface level and they're thinking and you try to get deep and it's hard for them to understand. So, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, you, I mean, you really do. You ha- like some point you have to, there's something in, in the family, there's something in a friend or something that you got to encounter and try to lead them through man and help them to understand yeah the way that they should look at it it uh it kind of hurts like when your kids lose some innocence where our kids are different ages you know and i know you've been through this but like um stone learned oh my gosh from somebody the other day and it like hurt my heart to hear him say that yeah you know it's like on a youtube video for kids Mm -hmm. that he learned that Mm -hmm. it's like man yeah like what why does he need to know that? Why does he that need was to what that? we were taught to say when we were young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, he just, he's never had an expletive. You yeah. Know? Like he doesn't know that that needs, that's a need in language, mm-hmm. you know? And, but now he knows the phrase. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Well, you know, life's about um, the disciplines. Mm-hmm. Just like hunting. Mm-hmm. Hunting's about disciplines, mm-hmm. you know? Um to whatever extent you want it to be kind of a lot of times, but like we get pretty deep on some whitetail tactics on this podcast. And if you're not a disciplined hunter, then you probably don't listen to this podcast all that often. You know what I mean? So you might listen to it for the last You understand what I'm saying here yeah. when I say life's about, about, about the disciplines mm-hmm. and you have like, you're going to fail, but uh, you're constantly trying to develop yourself into better. And, yeah. uh, all right. Let's roll it. that into hog hunting and actually, not roll philosophy for too long. I have a hard time with that. I don't even care <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah. The uh, it all it all is the same to me. The hog hunting stuff. What is the number one discipline with hog hunting? Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now. And if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling. Meaning when you're working a bird up close... 
you can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls. I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give him the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like him. I just have Yanni use his. Then I'll have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today. Number one discipline while hunting hogs. What do you have to mind the most? Your wind. That's right. That's everything. Yep. Right? Yep. The first night we went out there and tried to do the thing, um, we hunted. We thought the pigs were one direction, mm-hmm. bedded, and we kind of played it real conservative. We never saw them. Left out, we are sitting up the hill from this big bottom, and then the, we were, you and I were just sitting around talking, which we don't get to do a whole lot of just whatever we want to talk about, top talking. Yep. And uh, then we heard the pigs down at the bottom like an hour and a half after dark and it's going because nuts they were going wild and is because they were uh a different direction than where where we thought they were and they were probably smelling us the whole time we we're down there mm-hmm. and as soon as we left not as soon as but shortly thereafter under the cover of darkness they felt comfortable to come out there mm-hmm. so it's all about wind mm-hmm. you can you mean you can you can also smell them which is pretty yeah. handy um and you can tell where they're at sometimes by the smell or tell where they've been recently. And uh, if you go into a property and blow your wind across the whole thing and stomp it up real good, there's a good chance that you don't see them for mm. a couple of days. Yeah, for sure. They're uh, we uh, they're not as easy as people make no, them out to be. But they not. have some. Like if you figure them out, you can kill them. But yeah. it ain't just like a oh I'm just going to go down to Texas and shoot some pigs. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think sometimes um, some groups of pigs are um, the way they set up in relation to a feeder would be like a guy walks in and just has it right and it seems easy, and then I think that the thermal thing makes it also seem like pigs are easy, but. Deer would be easy at night too. You know what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. So like, I, deer are really they're way easier than pigs. Yeah, I think so too. They are yeah. dumb. At yeah, night. they are. They'll let anything slide, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that pigs are are more difficult than maybe even we've led on at times on the podcast. I mm-hmm. mean, the uh, they're they're because they're kind of nomadic and also. What is it? Gregarious. They like other things of their species. Mm-hmm. So, like, the bunch of hogs like to hang out together. They will, like, they're influenceable by each other and not necessarily, they can, they can find anything to eat. So, like, they don't have to go to that feeder to get something to eat if, like, the big mama pig wants to take them to go grub in the hay pasture instead so they can be patternable but then they can all of a sudden just break pattern like 
no big deal. Whereas mm-hmm. like deer, like you might see the same four, same four does in a family group come out to a feeder every day for two months straight or mm-hmm. to a field every day for two months straight. You know what I mean? So they can be a little bit sporadic at times. And also um, like within night and day, they can be sporadic too. So if you're wanting to hunt them in the day, you're wanting to bow hunt them, like you're not going to do that at night. So you just kind of got to wait until something happens where they show up in the daylight mm-hmm. if they've been coming out at night, which is one thing that we struggle with on this particular hunt we're in a weird for pork a weird time of year where um they're like doing this thing where they transition from being able to eat acorns anywhere they want to to having to actually roam and find food yeah and i think that's what we were noticing is that um we just now got consistent frosts to be able to rot stuff rot mm-hmm. acorns um so they've been able to eat acorns until oh, yeah. the new year for sure and not have to go and we saw the 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 good part of that too yeah. later but um it makes it to where they're just not roaming around mm-hmm. and makes them really tough to find in the daytime and then i was telling our friend Giannis about this today because he's going to do some hunting with us um like mid-january through about mid-march all of a sudden it's just like you can find pigs all the time mm-hmm. anywhere because they, they just are roaming around like crazy and i think it also uh, coincides with a peak breeding time for them too. This time of year, it yeah, seems that's like. interesting. They can breed any time they want to, but I think that they have like parts of the year where they do more, of it. Mm-hmm. and it seems like right now it's one of the times. I think it's probably because a lot of sows are really healthy, yeah, and so their you know their bodies are uh, telling them that they're able to, yeah, bear. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That is that is very interesting. I think I was telling him. I think that there's peak breeding right now, and then late summer. I think yeah. that's when they're two really peak breeding. That's when I see the most like boar messing around type activity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if there's like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of pheromone thing mm-hmm. for like individuals. But I wonder if there's like a uh, like a rut thing with them where like. For that month, there's a bunch. There's boars that are doing more stuff. Yeah, you know, be interesting. I wonder if, I wonder if there's any studies out there. I on bet you there's stuff. somebody in Europe that could help us yeah, out. Yeah, that's with that. that's actually I uh, should do that. Yeah. I should pursue that a little bit. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I think that. And you were talking about how the sows are really healthy right now. Mm-hmm. We ended up. So we made a video. If you haven't seen it, it's on. It's on YouTube. You should go check it out. It's pretty it's a, cool. It is a cool video. It's different kind of than what we've done. Uh, we put the whole thing together where it was like uh, me and Eric went out with uh, before Christmas. With uh, I went with the bow and filmed, and we saw a rut fest of deer happening. Rager. And then uh, put up a feeder that day. Mm-hmm. Or Yeah, it was that day. Uh, put up a feeder and then got the pigs kind of like centralized. But like, again, I, we couldn't get them in the daylight really, um, and we tried to hunt them in the daylight. So obviously so y'all could see them on mm-hmm. camera a little bit easier um, and finally we we're just like well i guess we'll do a thermal thing i mean it's hard to like record kc walking around in the dark if there's pigs potentially seeing us but you can at least see with our scope we recorded through the scope you can see what he's shooting at and actually it's really cool footage mm-hmm. like it, that stuff like he shows the detail of their fur and stuff too it's yeah. pretty pretty crazy it's pretty neat i like it um but we shot and you can go look at our Instagram too. You need to see how much fat was on a oh, sow that it's we shot. Ridiculous. The video is called "Hunting Hogs for Food" because we do 
eat them. And that's what I, yeah. that's a, that is what I wanted, man. Mm-hmm. And like, we're going to probably do some, some stuff with the fat and render it down yeah. and do some cool stuff. I mean, um, probably do like a taste test between bear grease and pig grease. If you Clay know? ever has any. <laughs> he doesn't. I don't think he actually gets it. He made it up. He did. He made it up for um, sure. I mean, I would. We're going to rename the podcast to hog fat. You know, if we can have bear grease, we can have hog fat. There you go, dude. Um, but uh, we're going to make some lard out of those pigs. And, I mean, it's some of the best meat there is. And, mm-hmm. by the way, we killed a really nice fat sow. And then a leaner but still pretty clean boar. They were both about the same weight, probably. Um, but the boar had more muscle mass and the sow had more fat. It's kind of weird. Once we had the fat off of her, she was a lot smaller than him. Yeah. But she was bigger than him on the ground. Yeah. Um, so Crazy. she had like 30 pounds, 40 pounds of fat. That was nuts. Yeah. I mean, yeah, insane amount. So there's a little bit of this taste thing that'll be interested to see with the boar and the sow stuff. Cause you know, I kind of grew up with the whole, like, you just don't eat boars. Mm-hmm. And then I've eaten some, uh, like backstraps and stuff. I don't like, ain't too bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't, I mean that, that, that size boar, I don't see any reason why not to eat it really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like, especially for people who really like, which I do, um, meat that just like doesn't, it doesn't taste weird. You know what I mean? It tastes like, just like good meat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, I like that. There's no like off flavor. There's no like what people call game, gamey flavor really in that pork, you know? And I it's, think it's all about keeping it clean. And yeah, too. the way we did it's a way to do it for sure on a boar. Like, carry them out whole or feel dressed and then hang them up and clean them the right way. Mm-hmm. And we include some of that in the video too. If you ever wanted to see how you do it on a pig, it's essentially the same as you do with a, a deer. But we yeah. did cut the ribs out on these because yeah. they have thicker ribs, which means more meat. And I'm pretty excited to eat, to eat those. Me too. I'm interested in seeing how they turn out for mm-hmm. sure. I think I got the hog book by my friend Jesse, and um, I think there might be a couple of uh, rib recipes. I'm in sure there, there is. Pretty good. Yeah. So I mean. We can make it happen. We live in the land of barbecue. Oh, we yeah, talked about this the other day about all the stuff. Mm-hmm. We're going to lean into our barbecue side on this one. That's right, man. Yeah. Make some good stuff. Which I haven't done. I don't like personally get to do much barbecue. I don't really have like a, I got a smoker out there, but it's kind of does fast smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like a finisher or a starter or whatever you want to say. It's not really like you just sit there and smoke it for 12 hours, you mm-hmm. know? So I just we haven't really done hog in y'all's oven this summer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Greg did some, right? Yeah, but yeah. you remember the uh, catastrophe of it. Yeah, Grease Fest. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah. Your that, that meat was good, though. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My walls are yellow, but... Yeah, but it was cool, man. Yeah, and, it, was, uh, it was fun. I, in fact, I, I will likely shoot a few more pigs with a thermal, I think. It's kind of neat. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's it's really close to like what I like about it is like since you since you and I are not afraid to eat it, it is like almost it's a very like it's still hunting, mm-hmm. but it feels more when you got the thermal like hey I'm going out to get a chicken to put in the pot mm-hmm. you know what I mean and and I kind of like that because it's like when you need it and you know. You need it, mm-hmm. you go get it. That's right. You know what I mean? As you know, opposed to other things. A while ago, you said thermal, and I thought you meant like wind shifts. But you meant the thermal scope. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, it's a thermal imaging scope that, that mm-hmm. sees heat. 
it's, it, it recognizes heat signatures. So you're looking at a display that shows variance in temperature, and it looks like an image, but it's actually a heat print. Pretty much, mm-hmm. it's not. We weren't talking about thermal wind shifts whenever it cools off or whatever. Yeah, I messed that up. So maybe somebody else did too. <laughs> Probably. But so. What you said made sense. I was just yeah. like, "What does he mean, thermals?" Uh, yeah, <laughs> I get yeah. it now. No, I mean, yeah. There's uh you're probably not the only one out of the several thousands of people. <laughs> yeah, well, there, it's so. uh, kind of unfamiliar to, tool to a lot of people. Yeah, you know, they were really expensive for a long time, and they've yeah. since uh, became more affordable. And we actually got ours for free. Full disclosure, you mm-hmm. know, uh, one of those uh, nice things about producing 312 episodes of podcasts and 400 and something YouTube videos is <laughs> people will see that you will work for stuff, and yeah. so they send you stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, it's, it's cool, dude. I mean it. And not don't let it confuse you. It's a it's a like you said it's a heat print, but it it looks like black and white video yeah. of mm-hmm. a pig. Like you know what I mean? It's it's really cool. Um, so, you, but if you don't really know what that is, or if you want to watch it, period, go check it out. It's on the YouTube channel. It's a it's a kind of a longer watch, so something definitely to put on like before bed or as you go to bed or whatever, maybe or mm-hmm. when you have some time. I think it's like forty minutes. Um, yeah, and you don't have to watch the whole thing either. Um, but there's some cool stuff. There's a lot going on in the video, you know, but... Uh, yeah, we got a bunch of uh, cameras down there like we usually do, and we've got those Moultrie Ranch Series feeders set up down there, and the pigs have been going nuts. I sent you a picture yesterday. Uh, there's two groups of pigs at the feeder, and you can tell that there's, like, two, like, family groups or whatever they call them, sounders, right? And so, like, there's this one that's sitting off behind waiting on this front one to finish up so they yeah. can move in. It was like, I don't know how many pigs are in that picture, but it seemed like 100. It, it's probably like 25, but. 125? It yeah. was a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. It was, man. It was. I could count them, I guess, but. Yeah. Yeah, There's there was a lot of them, man. Yeah, so. I was pretty. And there's some red ones in there, which, you know, those are related oh, to the big red pig. Dude, for sure. Mm-hmm. Can we uh, make that happen again? That yeah. red one was fat, too. I don't she know if was. you remember that. Yeah. I say. Maybe a save fat off her. I don't remember. We 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 saved her though. Oh, that's the one that Greg cooked in the oven over here. Yeah, yeah, grease, tasty. Yeah, yeah. It was. Oh, tasty. we also saved the the head off this pig. Yeah. So we can make some. Uh, I don't know something tasty. A pig head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big head pig head. We're gonna roast it. Pig head Todd and the monsters. <laughs> what is that a is that a band? Yeah. Been around. I forever. bet you Greg listens to that for sure. They. I was, you know, how Mediator did that tour thing. They played like these theaters, mm-hmm. or they they did these like theaters. Well, one of the what do they call it when they put the band names up on the marquee? Marquee. Mm-hmm. It said Big Big Head Todd and the Monsters. Big Head Todd. Big Head Todd and Todd and the Monsters. Oh, and right. I couldn't believe that they're still playing and touring because when we used to see it, like we played Granada Theater in Dallas, mm-hmm. and you know they'd be on the docket at some point, you know. And I, I mean, I. Just, They've been around for forever, dude. It's cool. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a little bit of an indie band. I like it. Yep. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, man, I want to fish so bad I can't stand it, but I don't know <laughs> if people want to hear about it. That's for sure. Man. Um, I don't know if I have anything else to talk about. We might need to just save that because we've been talking for a long time today already, and fishing, the people want to hear about fishing in a, when couple, it's hot. in a couple weeks. Like when I catch a big one on that swim bait I that bought the other day. I guarantee you, dude. Around February 14th is a good time. 14th. Dude, here's the deal. All right. A Let's number of like years. This. 
in Texas on our local lake. I'm not going to tell you because, you know, it's a secret. Um, <laughs> uh, I have seen fish on the beds the second week of February. And then we'll get a cold front and it'll push them off. But, like, there's a window there that you can hit. And it's, it's, it is worth trying. So, go out and get you some fillets. Mm-hmm. Because it's the good stuff. Remember, being outdoorsman all the time. It's not just deer season. We all about living in our elements, right? That's right. I love a good elephant living. This is your element. <laughs> Live in it. First Light has always made the world's best base layers. They're warm, breathable, silent, and odor-resistant. But the women's fit and the gear weren't meeting our demands, so we went back to the beginning and rebuilt everything. Re-engineering the gear with the most dedicated female hunters in mind, First Light modernized the fit and added more sizes, colors, and camo patterns. I personally have been testing the women's gear over the last couple of years, uh, from the mountains in Idaho to the plains in Nebraska, and I feel like the fit especially has landed in a much better spot. It's more true to size. It's not as tight and binding in certain areas like a lot of women's fit. Uh, All of the pieces, to me, got an all-around upgrade. It's awesome to see. So for yourself or as a gift this Mother's Day, pick up First Light's new women's merino wool and get free shipping on all orders containing women's gear. Available now at F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E dot com.